Okay, please open your Bibles to Acts chapter 15. And we are still working through Acts chapter 15, a very interesting piece of scripture referred by church uh, theologians as a council, but as far as I am concerned, really should be referred to as a conference. And we ended last time in verse 26, speaking about Barnabas and Paul, who had hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The early church did live by example, and what they forgot, we'll never know. But the main theme thus far from Acts 15 is what do we do in reference to the believing Gentiles. The early church was predominantly Jewish and the issue arose about the dietary laws, about Jewry and how the Jews could keep their heritage. And by the end of the first century, the Jewish remnant decreased and the Gentile remnant increased. But if I was to sum up where we are thus far, I guess I would be looking at verse 24, where we read that certain individuals had troubled, caused great pain and anxiety to the believing Gentiles, subverting your souls, saying, you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. So there you have ignorant, saved Pharisees, and we still have such today who are troubling, believing Gentiles with nonsense about works being necessary to be saved and stay saved. A little knowledge is a dangerous thing. And I don't know if such believing Pharisees were intentionally causing mischief or just simply doing so by ignorance. I will hold to the latter and give them the benefits of the doubt. But the truth of the matter is, if you're saved and if you are preaching another gospel, you risk being condemned. Condemned at the judgment seat and also whipped at the judgment seat. But we were told by the Lord Jesus Christ that if you cause one of those little ones that believe me to stumble, it were better for you that a millstone were hanged about your neck and that you were cast into the sea and drowned. That's how serious the Lord takes somebody who causes one of his little ones to stumble. So hold that thought in mind, please. But as I say, we ended in verse 26 last time. And let's start today's broadcast, if we may, in Acts 15, verse 27. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. We, the church of Jerusalem, have sent Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth going to get it right from the horse's mouth to avoid any contamination to avoid the potential of a forgery or forgerer to cause any mischief we're going to send two individuals along with Barnabas and Paul to go up and proclaim the truth to you 28 for it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things that ye abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication, from which if you keep yourselves, you shall do well, fare ye well. Now these are going to be decrees, which will also be uh, referred to in chapter 16, but at the same time, this was only binding, I think, for the early church, because as I say, the early church was predominantly Jewish, 
and yet you've got this huge intake of Gentile believers. So we can say that these were decrees, these were commandments that were issued from the church in Jerusalem, referred to as a conference, not a council, but such a conference, uh, such decrees were only binding for a limited period of time to a limited group of people. But 28 is very interesting because this church conference makes it clear, for it seemed good to the Holy Ghost. He was there, and to us, the Jewish apostles and elders, to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. So don't put a greater yoke upon anyone that is saved. If you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, if you trusted in his death, burial, and resurrection, you are saved, and you're kept saved. That's not the issue. But be careful that you don't read Acts 15 and try and apply it to people today, because that would be works. To be fair to the early church, they were trying to balance law and grace, old covenants and new covenants. They were trying to be sensitive to the believing Jews, while at the same time not wanting to put a stumbling block on the path of believing Gentiles. But as I say, and I'll say it one more time, what you are reading this morning, as far as I can uh, decipher anyway, was only relevant to the early church. And yet, if there's one part of 29 which is still relevant, it would be fornication. Premarital sex is out. On top of that, it could also be in reference to spiritual fornication. Don't yoke up with unsaved people. Don't even yoke up or fellowship with backslidden, saved people. You were told to come out. You were told to be separate. And uh, if you ask yourself, why is that necessary? Well, because if you are a saved man or woman, if you are trying to do something for the Lord, and at the same time associating with a backslidden Christian or an unsaved relative, they're going to pull you down. They will hinder you. And if you don't believe me, just spend a few weeks or a few days with such people and you will see what I am referring to. But this term, meats offered to idols, also from 29, was simply in reference to offering meat up to an idol. Almost what we read from Acts 15 when they wanted to offer sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas. The food per se isn't the issue, but what the food was being offered up, offered up was the issue. From blood and from things strangled. From which, if you keep yourselves, you shall do well, fare you well. And if you were to try and cross-reference this verse to the Pauline epistles, you'd have to go to Romans 14, where you were told to be careful what you eat and what you do. In other words, you need to deny yourself for others. You need to deny yourself for others. You need to pick up your cross. Each and every day, you need to put the old man to death. And it may be that when you got saved, you had a lot of baggage. And maybe before you got saved, you were very much into the world. And now you're born again, and you're living for the Lord. And you can take it or leave it. Now, for me, I came from a music background. And music was a big issue for me before I got saved. And uh, praise the Lord, I can take it or leave it. And normally I leave it. I very rarely listen to secular music. But it could be that I meet up with somebody down the line who also came from the same background as me. A former musician, perhaps, who can't take it or leave it. Who's still battling that old part of his life 
and if I was to spend time listening to a lot of music, it might cause him to listen to even more music. That's where you need to weigh up your liberty with someone's weak conscience. But as I say, take these verses and cross-reference them to Romans 14 and you get liberty. Yes, you have liberty in the Lord and uh, don't allow someone to come along and tell you otherwise. But the moment your liberty causes someone to stumble, you need to quit it. Look at verse 30, please. So when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch. And when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle. Which when they had read, they rejoiced for the consolation. But this is an interesting piece of scripture because it says in 30, For when they were dismissed, that term dismissed, it almost gives the impression of an assembly just ending. You're dismissed, off you go now. Or you've been detained, and now you are told to be dismissed. And it looks like Paul and Barnabas are slightly in submission here to the church in Jerusalem. But it goes on to say, so when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch, modern-day Syria, headquarters for the Gentile believers. And when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle. We just read it from the previous verses, which when they had read... They rejoiced for the consolation, a great sigh of relief because they were worried that they needed to do something to be saved. They were worried that they needed to do something to be saved like works or that they needed to do something to stay saved. And that's a very painful reality. If you've been saved for any length of time, the chances are you've met people who have put a stumbling block in your path. They've said, well, are you sure you're really saved? Are you really living for the Lord? Are you really producing the right kind of fruit? And such people are referred to as fruit inspectors. At the same time, you have to weigh up how to assess a carnal believer from an unsaved individual. And somebody once said, when it comes to a person's salvation, only three people know whether you are saved or not. You, the devil, and the Lord. And that's very true. You might live with a wife or husband or a son or a daughter, an uncle or an aunt who claims to be saved and gives the impression of being saved, but in reality are not saved. So as I say, only three people know for sure whether you're saved, yourself, the Lord or the devil. But here this early church are rejoicing in the fact that all they are expected to do is found in verse 29, which for them was no problem whatsoever because they loved their Jewish elders, their Jewish apostles, and they were quite happy to deny themselves, which is a lesson for all of us. And yet, if you come across somebody who's selfish, somebody who says, well, that's my liberty, and I don't care what you think, I'll do it anyway, then you're either dealing with an unsaved person or a stubborn, backslidden individual. In fact, we read about such a person Recently, when we looked at 3 John 32, and Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. Judas and Silas were prophets. Judas and Silas were not like the Old Testament prophets who gave great revelations like Isaiah, Ezekiel, or Jeremiah, because we were told in Matthew 11, by the Lord Jesus Christ, how all the law and the prophets were until 
John the Baptist. So we know that with John's arrival and death, he very much was the end of the law. But you've got a intertestimonial period, which I've spoken about over the last several months. And during that time, very much pre the completion of the New Testament, you had prophets who were able to expound, if you will, further on teachings from some of the church leaders. And also perhaps they were sent to reaffirm, to back up, if you will, Paul and Barnabas, who've just returned from Jerusalem, to reinforce what was decreed in Jerusalem. But like I say, they were also sent to make sure that no forgerers could have got a hold of this early group of Gentile believers because there were many forgerers, there were many false teachers in the early church. In fact, even Paul speaks about certain people in Second Thessalonians and also in Galatians 5. He says there are false teachers who are uh, bewitching you. And he says whoever they are, they should be cut off. And that term cut off, if you look at Daniel 9, refers to death. That's pretty powerful stuff. Paul says if you are a false teacher and you are causing problems or if you are causing distress to the body of Christ, you deserve to die. But it can also be in reference to being excommunicated. But it says also from 32 how they exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. That's what a prophet would do during this intertestimonial period, expound on the word of God. On top of that, you've still got progressive revelation. I don't know exactly when Paul went to the third heaven. In fact, nobody knows exactly when he went to the third heaven. Uh, up until this point in scripture, you're getting two things. You're getting the uh, John the Baptist gospel almost, and you're getting uh, Paul coming alongside Peter and others. And although he still preached the same gospel as they are preaching, there are points which are not identical in other words, they are still proclaiming Christ as a risen Messiah, which is fine. But there's no clear blood atonement yet. And I think we don't really get that, I think, until later on in the book of Acts. Look at verse 33, please. And after they had tarried there a space, they were let go in peace from the brethren unto the apostles. Notwithstanding, it pleased Silas to abide there still. Silas was happy to remain in Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. And Silas will also be found in the next chapter. And he must have been something quite special. In fact, you were told in the previous chapter how they were pretty important men. In fact, chief men, 22, among the brethren. So you really are getting a top group going up from Jerusalem to Antioch. I think it's worth repeating one more time that Jerusalem was the head church, was the headquarters for the Jews, whereas Antioch was headquarters for the Gentiles. And yet, salvation is of the Jews. John chapter 4. Salvation will be dispensed by the Jews because the Jews are the people of God. And yet, for today, we that are saved, according to Galatians 3, are neither Jew nor Gentile. But it must have been a great time of fellowship and friendship for Silas to remain with the Gentile-believing remnant and go on to be a friend and an associate of the Apostle Paul. 35. Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord, with many others also. It could just be 
that this reference to many others also includes Peter. Because Peter is going to be publicly rebuked by the Apostle Paul in Antioch, which we read about in Galatians chapter 2. And that must have been a very embarrassing event for the Apostle Peter, who had been given the keys from the Lord in Matthew 16. And yet that account of Peter receiving the keys in Matthew 16 is only found in Matthew 16. So ask yourself this, if it's such an important event, when the Lord says to Peter, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church. If it's so important, why not repeat it in Mark's Gospel, and Luke's Gospel, and John's Gospel? In fact, John Mark, who wrote the Gospel of Mark, was a friend and an associate of the Apostle Peter. And yet, it's only found in Matthew chapter 16. So it's possible this group referred to as others in 35, could perhaps include Peter. And yet, if that's the case, why not mention Peter amongst that group? Peter was a major player in the early church. There's no denying that. He got up, Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost and preached the gospel to the Jews. And 3,000 souls were saved. So I don't want to in some ways, demolish Peter. That's not my intention. My intention is simply to highlight the fact that you can be saved and yet be in the wrong. But whether or not Peter is amongst this group in 35 isn't overly clear. If he is, why doesn't Luke tell us? And if he's not, then we're not given a clear picture as to when Peter arrived in Antioch to be publicly rebuked by Paul. And you may ask yourself, what was that all about? Well, in brief, Peter, along with Barnabas, was going back under the law. Peter, with Barnabas, were separating themselves from believing Gentiles. But it wasn't just Peter doing this. In Acts 16, Paul has been accused by some of also doing the same thing. In reference to Timothy, being circumcised. Timothy's mother was a Jew who was saved, and Timothy's grandmother was also saved, but Timothy's father was an unbelieving Greek. And as I say, there are two scores of thoughts as to why Paul circumcised Timothy, and I will deal with that as we go through Acts 16 in a couple of weeks' time. But Peter was in the wrong. Peter did backslide, and Luther, in one of his commentaries on Galatians, said that Peter denied the Lord for the second time. And Grattan, a well-known Catholic theologian back in the Dark Ages, also accused Peter of preaching another gospel even, which is what you read about in Galatians chapter 1. 36, please. And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. A follow-up visit, of course. Paul and Barnabas were great soul winners and Paul and Barnabas were not only apostles and yes, Barnabas is referred to as being an apostle but they are also evangelists. They are also elders and they want to go back and see how their brethren are doing. 
And that's why it's important if you get somebody saved to do a follow-up visit with them, if you can. Sometimes that's not always possible, like the Ethiopian eunuch, for example. He got saved back in Acts 8, and yet it says he went on his way rejoicing. He didn't join any local fellowship that we are aware of. He got saved, thanks to Philip, and off he went rejoicing. But here, Paul, an elder, Paul, an evangelist, Paul, an apostle, quite rightly wants to go back and see how the brethren are doing. And I also spent some time during a recent study looking at the whole area of uh, supporting those in frontline work compared to the one-man pastor. The two are not the same, but to be fair to Paul, he wants to refresh, he wants to encourage the brethren. And no doubt Barnabas wanted to do the same as well, and yet look at 37. And Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark. Barnabas is related to John, which makes Barnabas his uncle. And John Mark started off, well, but something went wrong. Something happened to John Mark, and he caused a split. And yet later on, he will write Mark's Gospel. So Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark. 38, but Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them, from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. He gets cold feet, something's not quite right there, and because this has occurred, look at 39, and the contention was so sharp between them, that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark, and sailed unto Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas, and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. It looks to me like Paul got the blessing from the brethren concerning Silas joining him, whereas Barnabas takes Mark and doesn't seem to get a blessing. What do we get here? We're getting a division. We're getting two saved people. Barnabas, a Levite, saved. Paul, a Benjamite, saved and yet divided. And that is clear to me that two Save people, love the Lord, serve the Lord, walk with the Lord, and yet can be divided. 41. And he went through Syria and Sicilia, confirming the churches. So Paul goes in one direction, and Barnabas goes in another. Both saved, both stubborn, both strong-willed, both filled with the Holy Spirit, and yet they can't agree about John Mark. So Barnabas chooses his own blood and goes off to Cyprus and Paul chooses Silas and goes off to Syria and Sicilia confirming the churches and from memory most commentaries that I've read over the years say that Paul was right and Barnabas was wrong although Barnabas was saved pre-Paul although Barnabas was a Levite which of course was the priestly tribe whereas Paul was a Benjamite Paul was given far more revelation Paul's ministry was far greater in scope. And of course, Paul would see the risen Christ. And yet we get a very clear picture here that people that are saved don't always agree. And that's why it's a blessing that we can worship the Lord in different ways, different days of the week, with different groups of people. And that's why you can get a denomination which worships the Lord one way, 
verse another group of individuals which are not a denomination worshiping the Lord a different way. As long as we're born again, as long as we've received Christ's imputed righteousness, we are saved. And nobody can tell us otherwise. And how we worship the Lord is up to ourselves. So there you are, 41 verses from Acts 15. And if I was to wrap up this chapter in the remaining moments that I have before this broadcast ends, I would say very simply that you've got a group of elders coming together in Jerusalem to thrash out this whole issue of faith and works. You haven't got one man standing up and calling the shots. You've got Paul in verse 4, Peter in verse 7, James in verse 13. You've got prophets, plural, 22, being sent to the church, plural, in Syria and beyond, sent from the Jerusalem mother church to reaffirm what was agreed thanks to the guidance of the Holy Ghost, 28, in reference to abstaining from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication. From which, 29, if you keep yourselves, if you abstain from such things, ye shall do well in reference to having a good testimony, in reference to keeping harmony, in reference to putting others first. Fare ye well. That includes 29. But on top of that, you've got Judas and Silas, prophets being sent with Paul and Barnabas back to Syria, back to where this problem occurred, to reaffirm what had been decreed. And Silas remains, and probably Judas goes back to Jerusalem. But along the way, there's a split between Barnabas and Paul. Two saved men, and yet they can't agree what to do concerning John Mark, who goes on to write the Gospel of Mark. And this contention, 39, was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And that split would take some years to heal. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. He gets the blessing. He was in the right, I believe, whereas Barnabas was not. And yet you can be sure of this, that the Lord would have used Barnabas and Mark nevertheless. 41, and he went through Syria and Sicilia, confirming the churches. House churches run by older men, fathers, uncles, sons. But what you won't get anywhere in the New Testament is a one-man pastor. So there you are. I think that's enough for Acts 15. And maybe, if it's necessary, I can return in the future and read this piece of scripture again. But I think I've covered it all. And I'll just say one final time that what you've read over the last three weeks in Acts 15, as far as I can understand anyway, was probably only relevant to the early church because of the Jewish sensitivities. But fornication was prohibited in the Old Testament, prohibited in the New Testament, and therefore it's still relevant for today. Abstain from any type of fornication, whether it's physical or spiritual. And we'll pick it up next week in Acts chapter 16.